previously on Wild Endeavors. Part of the storm just ahead of you splits open. Within this crack, like there's a crackling ethereal energy. On the other side of it, you see the most vibrant greens and blues and oranges. (laughs) Your friends usually call me Garth. Is that your name? It's one of them. All right, Garth. Any idea on what's going on? Yeah, lots of them. (laughs) You are pulled through another fissure in the ether storm and find yourself deposited on the edge of a bustling city square. Uh, The square, uh, the streets leading off of it, and and most of the buildings that ring it are made of a dull white stone. Charm person. Okay. (laughs) Just could talk to him. (laughs) Nope, charm person. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, it's you. You know what? No, I I want him to flail his arms about while the monster appears, and I want the monster to attack him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, not quite the the thing you're looking for, but definitely a, a snake monster. And so I think it comes right out portal and lunges at Klaas. The, those four, like, claw things around its mouth, stabbing into him. And you hear him let out, like, a scream. And then that beat comes in and just starts ripping into his upper torso. Goodbye, new uh, friend. <laughs> With that ether energy flowing through Than, I'm going to ask you to tell me something that he loses. He has no more remorse or care for Element Chorister. Now, Chapter 4, Hand of Shadows. I'm just going to try to navigate through the storm. Essentially, there's like the one way to go towards the opening. You know, it's still a, still a ways away. Right. right. And like before you guys, the way you guys started like moving, it was like that the the walls of the cyclone were always kind of like the ground to you. Like, what, like whatever wall you were closest to, you yeah. kind of perceived that as down. You know, swirling around in there and maybe like coming in through the edges from time to time are like those bits of other matter or bursts of energy or arcs of lightning and things like that. So that is, uh, there are some things that you have to avoid. I just wanted you guys to paint that picture of how you were uh, oh, yeah, avoiding yeah. those things. I'm just going to take my, my spell ward and kind of shift it and move it in weight in different places that I'm going to need it to avoid the, you know, like big pieces hitting me, basically. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be using the environment to kind of just navigate and use to my advantage to get out of the way if i have to just i can i'll try to channel that shadow energy to assist me in any way because uh, i'm not really too familiar with it okay um okay so uh leandros give me a defy danger plus int uh, seven okay so as you are are moving through move like your shield around to one side to block uh, this uh, piece of like uh, the proto matter that's kind of like fl- flying right at you, um, but then right before it strikes your shield, 
uh, it like bursts apart um, and it turns out it's almost more like a bomb at that point kind of exploding uh, against your wards um, you can either focus uh, some more of your arcane energy like into the shield to protect yourself uh, but it will mean you lose another spell um, or forget another spell until we spell. rest again yeah um, or you can okay. take the hit I'll um, I'll just lose another spell for now that's fine okay okay um, and then Than give me uh, defy danger dex um, 6 plus 2 plus 3 11 okay so yeah, so you you make yeah. your way without issue, and actually we don't end up having to need um, you know any of the like trying to pull on the ether or anything like that. You're you're doing a good job just kind of oh, like nice. parkouring uh, uh, around. Um, Hell yes. <laughs> so as you are making your way along, that you make your way past a couple more rifts. These are smaller than some of the other ones that you've seen, and based on what on the way that you. Are, are making your way you're able to get out of like what the range of like their pull would be but you do as you go by get like kind of a peek inside some of them are random landscapes uh, of different places there's a golden desert that stretches out underneath a crimson sky um, looks like there's a, a floating city made of brass um, off toward the one horizon there's, you know, a landscape that seems to be made all of water in one. Uh, Leandros, you see yourself standing before a large obsidian door. It is easily 200 feet tall, 70 or 100 wide. There are intricate carvings of the, like, these dark beasts and twisted humanoid figures and runes in a language or of a, a set that you are just not, you have no idea what they are. You've never seen anything like them. And you watch yourself begin to chant. And as you do, red arcane energy begins to kind of trickle up the bottom of the door, kind of outlining the runes and some of these figures. And they almost seem to come to life as this energy starts to flow up the door. And so then you come across another rift, and this one's even smaller. At points, it's tough to kind of see what's happening through it. But then you see Kara's face come into this uh -oh. little this little rift. And uh, once that happens, like it's the rift seems to almost be kind of like centered on her. So like for the rest of it, you you can kind of see her and like a little bit around her, but that's about it. And you see that she is she's fighting her way into like a large open room you know maybe like a like a great hall or a temple or something like that's hard to tell but it's 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 indoors but it's very large and she is fighting along some other people and you know, eventually she breaks through she stops fighting and starts kind of striding across this large room after maybe only about oh. a dozen steps or so you see an, an armored elf you know jumps in her way uh, like leveling <laughs> a, a shield and a spear at her um, um, and she kind of just nonchalantly grabs a dagger and throws it and it, it catching him like right in the eye the thing the guy topples and then she just keeps walking and... that's my sister <laughs> do you know what's Shh. going on you sound like you, you sound like you know what's going on i'm ignoring him Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, it's my sister. I'm watching. I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm watching her. She then 
turns and sits on something and there's a there's a beat and you see uh, a look on her face that you recognize tell me about like when you when then was growing up with kara when she got like upset or like frustrated like what was a like a physical tell that she, he always knew when she was upset because of some angry or sad yes that kind of like sad, sad angry, uh, would, like frustrated. She would have like a crinkle in her, like her between her eyebrow kind of thing, and she would kind of like have her mouth to the side, kind of biting her lip, like a smirked look. Okay, so for just a moment, you catch that look on her face. Uh, she's kind of like looking at the ground, little ways in front of her, and then she she takes kind of a deep breath, and the you know her her face smooths out, basically emotionless again. And someone approaches her. The way they come up, you basically just see, like, their back. But they are definitely, like, they're offering something to her. And she takes a moment, kind of hesitates, and looking at whatever it is that they're offering to her. And then she reaches forward, raises it up, and puts it on her head. And you recognize it as the the laurel crown of Syngorn, uh, the crown that your father normally wears and it has blood on it and you realize that she's sitting on the throne in Syngorn oh shit <laughs> and then the rift is kind of uh, it closes up and you can't see any more of what's happening in there wow um, good as... on her <laughs> <laughs> in the next one you see Cloud sitting in a meadow there are two little halfling children running and kind of dancing and twirling around her one brings her a flower and it kind of flops into her lap and then cloud puts the flower into her into her hair and hugs the little the little child and then just sighs contentedly in another one leandros you see yourself with one hand, you're bringing up arcane wards to kind of deflect fire and lightning. And with your other hand, you are flinging what is Leandros's like attack spell of choice. Oh, that's a good question. Like, what feels right oh, for man. him? Like, what's his? Like um, like a like an Avada Kedavra type thing. Yeah, you know? like... so power would kill. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> we'll say that. Sure. <laughs> but I but I like that that image of like that that green fire, like just you know flinging bolts of that with his other hand, and then you see this thick blue fog starts to like, sweep towards him along the ground. The way that the fumes from dry ice when you put it in water, the way it kind of it sticks yeah. to the ground and then it spreads like that. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but much much faster. And it's a blue almost like plasma and as it comes rushing up around him you have to now use both hands to create the wards and trying to keep this uh away from around your leg and it slowly starts to climb up those wards your wards break and they kind of crash in on you like waves from all sides immediately begin burning away your legs just all the way down to the bone as it's burning away it's also climbing up you so as you begin to sink into this thing like it is reaching up to you to your face and you obviously don't live through that very long as your figure drops away you are now able to see the person you were fighting was Varys, devon's other character 
and he has his hand oh. out with his, his palm up and there is a portal like rotating above his hand and from that is this stream of elder starlight which has been pouring towards say. you as the last bit of Leandros like falls under the, the starlight Varys makes a fist and the portal closes and the, the starlight begins to, dis, to, to disperse oh man <laughs> it would certainly strike you that it, there's no way to tell if that was the future. I mean, you're both elves, you both look right. ageless. So it, it, <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that a near future? Is it far future? Is it a world that where it'll right. never happen? Well, he's going to make sure it's it's a thing that oh, never happens. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. In that, though, the androids look like he does now, though, right? Similarly enough, yeah. Okay. Um, Just checking. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he would have like different robes on, like more like his typical right. apparel. And then also, like, it would take a lot of power, probably more than you thought Varys would have, to summon a stream of Elder Starlight. So that's probably a little bit concerning. Like, that's not... Yeah. The Varys you know was not that powerful, so... Right. But the the Evan who knows Varys knows that he can do that. <laughs> not like that, though. He's got a oh, vial of it. Then. This... Yeah, I was, like, summoning oh, okay. I wasn't game. trying to metagame right then, but that's just no. like, hmm. No, I think that, like, that, I've seen that, him do that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I picked yeah, that I up a, for him, but. I have a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. That is a, a really cool, uh, that's pretty cool. As you make your way further through the storm, another rift opens up beneath your feet, grabbing the three of you and they are sucking you in. You land very softly on top of a grassy knoll. Spreading out around you is a very lush grassland. Off in the distance, you can see the sun is just beginning to set, giving you know, really nice, uh, that sunset hit tint to the to the sky there's a light breeze and it seems very it's a very pleasant place and you have a moment almost relaxing and then you recognize that it's the the sword break grasses and as you're kind of looking around below you just a little away you see an orc camp and <laughs> most of the orcs are gathered around some of the large cook fires and, and bonfires in the center of camp. They are, you know, gorging and fighting each other and drinking, doing orky kind of stuff. The largest of orcs sitting on a heap of hides. He's a little bit smaller than the last time you saw him, but it definitely Cardergosh. Wow. And he then had a, he had a name before Durgosh. Yes, Nightbane. Nightbane. Well, it was... Um, uh, I'd have to look up his first name, but it was something Nightsbane. Yeah. Corngar. Corngar Nightsbane. <laughs> there you go. And then a bit of movement out of the corner of your eye catches your attention. And you turn to see a shadowy figure cutting its way uh-huh. into one of the orc tents. From the way the shape moves, you, you would bet it's an elf who knows how to be stealthy, knows it, its trade pretty well. And as you you see the figure duck into the tent, you see another figure step into the area near the back of the tent. And even from a distance, you can tell it's Elemen. I fucking start walking towards him. And then as you're you're walking towards them, the figure reemerges from the tent. And you can now see that it's Fen. And the two figures stare at each other for a moment. And then you hear Elemen shout something 
a couple of the orcs that were nearby start running towards the other then and you see the rest of the camp mobilizing and kind of falling in on where then is the other thens just start to fight the orcs off as elemin walks slowly out of camp if you're still walking towards him like you're able to track him for a little while but then he walks behind one of the tents and doesn't seem to come out from the other side he just seems to have kind of vanished but the entirety of the orc camp has been roused and there's still some fighting happening over near where the other Then was. I kind of want to make my way in that direction. Sure. I know what I was there to look for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the camp is swarming with orcs now. Like they, they oh, okay. even yeah, after yeah. even after the the tussle or whatever like, calms down, they're you know they're up, they're charged, they're looking for a fight. Like they're not, they don't think it was just one elf here. Like they they are swarming around the camp looking for other things to kill. Depending on how close you want to get, there are a lot of orcs there. Uh, no, I'd probably stay my, stay distance, stay my distance away. Okay. And advise L here to follow and stay out of sight, kind of thing. Um, that, that, I, I was that you? Yes, but no, it didn't happen this way. Who was that other guy? Nobody of concern to me. Seems like an asshole. I second that. <laughs> What was the what was the town that Elevin was in at that time? Riften. Was that where your temple was or whatever with your uncle and whatnot? Yeah, it was Riften. I want to carve in the dirt for Riften. Okay, you can do that. And see if the orcs will notice it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can absolutely. This 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 happened in the Well of the Moon. This is what Elevin saw in the Well of the Moon. Okay, with my emotion. <laughs> You're still on the side of the grassy knoll, just at, you know, outside of the camp, still kind of looking down on it. What, what would you like to do now? Um, the sun is still setting, head. like it's getting to getting toward night. I'd probably say we should start heading east, or uh, wherever you think we should go next. We're in the Sword Coast or Sword Break. We're not in Faerun. Yeah. <laughs> um, That'd be a twist. <laughs> that's one of the other realities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't because he's from the literal opposite side of where this is. Right. That's um, fair. He he he'd be from the where ma- the Elven capital. Yeah, I got. You. Yes, I can't remember the name. Athelion. Yeah. Athelion. Thank you. Um. Um. I'm. I'd say let's follow his lead. Let's head. Let's head east. Try to find some trees or some cover and get away from this orc encampment. They should be heading north. How do you know that? A hunch. Okay. So you start making your way to the east. Probably only... That was dark, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this wasn't wasn't a happy campaign. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) So I think that you make it about about an hour before the sun goes fully below the horizon. Yeah, just a a good distance to to try to stay out of way of orcs. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So now that so, you know, now it is full dark. You're about an hour away from from the camp. What would you like to do? Say we make camp. Then we'll sit down and just try to think and start putting pieces together uh, based on the timeline of what where he's at right now. Okay. And what's going on in the world? Because at the time he was still with the thieves guild. He the sons weren't an option at the time, so he's trying to figure it all out. <laughs> okay. I want to cast alarm. I want to basically, with my foot, dig in a small trench around okay. where we're going to camp. Mm-hmm. 
to uh, cast them, basically, right there. Okay, go ahead and roll that. I, I rolled a six. Okay. You uh, set well, your own alarm off. Mark experience. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> failed. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you said you were kind of like dragging your foot, like trying to, you know, making a circle around, you know, where you guys are going to be camping. Yeah. What else, like, what else does this spell entail? Kind of, <laughs> it kind of looks dumb. <laughs> That's why he failed. Um, he always looks like that. <laughs> he's walking sideways, book out, and his hand motioning, making arcane symbols. Okay. And he's like trying to track his. <laughs> it's really lopsided. Of mm-hmm. when he, it's just like a straight line. It's a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. Okay. As you are doing that around camp, and, and your then is kind of just settling in, then because of your your alertness you can see two humanoid shapes coming out of the darkness towards you and as leandro's kind of started doing his thing they they start like they it looks like that maybe is what made them start coming this way uh but they are definitely heading at you now i uh well i tell him i tell him fucking look watch out and i draw my sword and try to i don't know ready myself i do this thing huh what what Try to break line of sight if that's possible. I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, like, if you leave, like, the little very small cove of trees, it's like it's a little stunted tree and some bushes, so it's not a ton of cover. If you leave that, you're just kind of back out in the grasses again. That's fine. Just to, something to break line of sight of them and just be ready. Okay. I'm going to follow him. I finally go, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, fuck, t- get, get away from me. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> Wait and see what they say. Um, As they're drawing closer, they're they're definitely orcs. They appear to have weapons drawn. They are, yeah. They're two orcs. Uh, They've got their their orky axes, and they are are running right at you, and they start bellowing a war cry. (laughs) It's at this moment I remember the sword that was really good against orcs. (laughs) (laughs) So, Fen, I think you have a chance to react here before, before they get in range. Is there any way I can try to, like, bum-rush them as they're coming by or or get ready for an attack or something as they come by and try to, like, clothesline them or something? I mean, you can do either of those things or Or I, I can um, I can try to defend and hold I my think, position. Or... I think that you are not under any uh, illusions that they have not seen your group. Like, they are going to come attack your group. So whatever, you know, Fen would do in response to that. Then I'll just bum rush up and attack them. Okay. Because of your your alertness, you have that, like, act first or shoot first or whatever it's called. Um, and I'm really good at fighting orcs. I fought a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that you <laughs> you rushing at them in the dark like that, you catch them by surprise enough that you can just go straight for the attack. So describe, <laughs> describe your attack and then roll plus dex. All right, I'm going to kind of try to kind of stay low to the ground, kind of use the sword in, like, a backwards position and try to, like, cut, like, a calf or, like, go for the leg, basically. Okay. So, Roll plus yeah. dex. All right. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. So you are going to deal your damage, but Orc is going to make a... is going to be able to make an attack back on you. So I think that... 
as you come in, you slash in at its leg and you cut it uh-huh. and you know and catch it and it like it drops kind of down to one knee there lets out like a, a scream of pain and then then it brings its axe around at you so go ahead and roll your damage first all right it is a whopping seven that's actually pretty good and so you took that plus one yeah six plus one Okay. You come in and, and slash up its leg pretty good. I and mean, it drops down to that one knee and then bellows as it kind of it's, uh, swings its axe around from the other side at you. So what what are you going to do? If he's coming at me, I kind of I went for the leg and then I'll kind of try to use that low to the ground momentum to kind of just thrust my sword up and just try to deflect it off. Okay. Roll plus a dex. Okay. Ooh, 5. So not so much. So I think... Did I, get ex- did I get experience? You do. You do mark an experience. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got really excited. excited about that. <laughs> oh, I get excited about experience. <laughs> I failed? Awesome! Tell me how I died. So I think as you, you, you're bringing your sword up to kind of, like, deflect the axe, you're not expecting just how hard it co- it's going to be bringing the axe down. And you deflect it a little bit. It, like, doesn't hit you, like, in the in the torso like it was going for, but it does, like, slash down your side, you know, sl- slicing in the, the side of your torso. It's a new sword. i got to work it out, you know. Like one-handed, the whole thing. Um, do you have armor? I, I do. Okay. Uh, what value is it? Well, it's currently one. Okay. So then but you... if I am if I am outnumbered, I have a plus one to armor, so it's two. But technically, you're not outnumbered because there's three of us and there's two of them. Um, I'll I'll give it to you because you rushed forward for this for this moment. Damn. You're you're outnumbered. So <laughs> all right, so you're gonna it's take true. you take are gonna take three damage Ooh. after after your armor. That's a big hit. So that's already with the armor. Right. Taken off. It was five. Okay, and so you had two three armor. damage, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Fan is now kind of engaged with that orc. The other one is still running towards the camp. Uh, what is Leandros doing? Uh, he's running towards me, right? Yeah. Well, you like you and Cloud, but you. Okay. Uh, well, I cast sleep. Okay. Right, I, yeah. I want to see Cloud yeah. fight. Pretty good. Uh, the uh, ten. Okay. Roll a d4. I have one of those. A four. Both of the orcs fall asleep. Um, no shit. Sun <laughs> falls asleep. Cloud falls asleep. Everybody's asleep. <laughs> um, no. It is just animated, so I'm gonna. So I the, know. The, the, the yeah, both of, both of the orcs kind of topple over, yeah. start snoring. And uh, I'm standing there like this, going, "What was the big deal?" <laughs> I give them the nastiest look as I slit their throats. Oh, that's just foul. Okay. You slit both their throats. Uh, they bleed out. Probably as you're slitting their throat, like they wake up, but then it's too late. The, the orcs, <laughs> oh, oh. both those orcs bleed out just outside of your camp. Uh, what do you want to do? Did uh, they have anything of worth? Not, not really. Even their, even their axes are pretty poor quality. Ah, sorry for the, uh, the, uh, the, the lack of dramatic. <laughs> I guess. No, that's that. That's exactly what your character's supposed to do. I mean, I don't have very um, many attack spells. I have literally two. They, so, I'm gonna kind of yeah. scavenge them. Do they have anything of worth on them or no? No, no. Just ba- basically, just, just like that. their their axes. Like they, again, because I can see like this was. They don't they have were, any, do they have any sort of like just... pack, like a backpack, a fanny pack? No, no. This looks like this is like 
when the camp got all aroused, like they just kind of like ran out into the night, like with whatever they had, which was just like their axes. Um, they were just, they were very eager to go find other things to fight. And they found you. Yeah. They've traveled, traveled an hour distance away from their camp. <laughs> hey, orcs get excited, all right? That's true. <laughs> I think we should continue our resting. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so we'll go at uh, camp for the night, and I'll I'll take turns watching, keeping watch, I guess. As dawn is breaking over the sword break grasses and your little camp in that uh, that stand of like stunted trees and shrubs, Than having just watched yourself die, basically at the hands of one of your old companions and realizing that you are now in a world that is in your own past. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he's definitely furious. Not furious per se, like he's, de- but he's definitely very angry. He definitely doesn't want anything to do with Elemen and um, not sure what he would do if he crossed his path with him. Realizing where he's at, he does uh, start thinking about his sister and kind of remembering what he saw back in the storm of her getting slashed in half. And he kind of starts rattling his brains about like her and if she's alive now, what can he what can he do now? Like if this is the real world or not? Like he's not sure what's going on. He's very curious about that. Okay. So is that more more speculative? Is he, is he just kind of sitting there like, I wonder what I can do, or... He's probably thinking about the class, how she got involved. She got involved with the silence, and now he's trying to rack his brain on how to find the sect of the silence that she came across and, and whereabouts it was. He knows he saw her in Arthurmore, but I don't... I don't think he remembers if that's where she, where the silence was based out of that she had or not. Okay. And then also remembering that, like, this would be at a point in time that's before she even met up with the clasp, though. So he is actually at a point in time where he could stop her from even becoming Whisper at all, or even beginning down that, that path. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think uh, I think his, his first step would to, he would want to try to contact people in the class. He's still a part of it. He's definitely trying to contact them and figure out if they have any way of if he has any way of maybe getting in touch with the class and figuring out if they have any like recruits or like what they look for in people and try to maybe get a general idea of where he could possibly find her in the world. Okay. Um, I think, I think his first bet would be to probably go somewhere near, I guess, the class main main place he can get to. Okay. And how is he feeling about his chances of doing that? I mean, he knows where he's at now. Um, he hasn't... The only thing he's kind of worried about is he hasn't been in the class for a while, so he's not oh, super familiar 100% with how they used to, he, how he used to do things because I mean he was he's been gone for years from the class mm-hmm. so yeah he's just trying to he's trying to rack his brain around that and I think his first step would be to either get in touch with the Nightingales or his old mentor okay so go ahead and 
roll plus whiz. Eight. Okay. That yeah, I'll I'll give. So I think that as he is kind of racking his brain, kind of trying to remember like where where was this person or what was happening in this city, like where did Kara say she, she was at that at this point? You you get just a hint of the like the ether sickness and you see just for a, a moment like a flash of Arthamor. Just a, a glimpse of just people walking down the street, but it's it's almost like it's not a memory that you have of the city. Okay. Yeah, I think he in the whole everything happening, he forgot about kind of really what happened to him. He forgot about the ether and whatnot, and now kind of realizing about this, I think he would he would try to uh, he would try to harness more of that power and try to fix on like the location and and follow that where it's basically pulling him to. Okay. So just describe like what that what that mental process might look like or what what is he thinking to try to to focus this or harness it. I mean, if he's in camp kind of um keeping watch, if he kind of had a moment while he was looking around, he would probably try to go like into a meditation, but not like trying to fall asleep, just kind of surround himself in it and and just focus on, on what he, he's trying to do. Okay. Then go ahead and roll plus whiz uh, again for that. Ten. Oh, great. Okay. As you are kind of centering yourself um, and pulling, trying to like pull in a little bit more of that ether, kind of gather it to you, you feel that fever and that chill that you kind of associate with the ether they both start to to rise so you start to feel hotter and at the same time colder and you can see almost like a window opening in in your mind again like okay in this one and it's it's much clearer it still has like some tinges of ether like near the edges of it but it's it's much crisper it's much more clear than like a memory it's it's much more like actually looking at this at at this scene that plays out before you you see you and kara are standing kind of next to each other swords drawn you're both wearing black and you're both wearing symbols of the silence which is like it's a skull with uh, like a jagged edge just above where the teeth should be it's like the whole jaw and mouth piece is kind of like almost it almost looks like then like it's been broken off okay um then as the two of you kind of turn you see that they are that you are fighting with shark and silvermane and Ephraim Baylock, who is oh, wow. your former mentor. Yeah. And so Sharkin and Kara kind of square off and they, they're, they're dancing around each other and thrusting and slashing. You and Baylock square off, but with only one arm against his two, you're, you're barely holding him back, let alone really you know, presenting any kind of a challenge to him. As this this plays out a little bit more, that disadvantage becomes more evident, and that allows the uh, Sharkin and Baylock to set up like a like a pincer move, 
Ankara. And she doesn't see it coming, whips around to get away from Sharkin, and that drives her right into Baylock, who buries both of his short swords uh, up to the hilt in her back. And as you hear him twist the blades in her back, like that, the, the vision just kind of uh, shatters, like you just can't maintain in it anymore. All right, then. Well, that's not going to work out. <laughs> and I think that, that probably kind of snaps you out of your, your meditation, like your, your reverie a little bit. Like that was not what you were expecting, and that was a little bit rough to watch, I imagine. And so as you come out of that, you see, uh, again, that like coming off the end of your stump is just the wispiest outline of a limb. It doesn't even quite look hand-like so much as just it's like an extension of your arm, but it's almost, it's almost not there. It's so wispy. It's so thin. I want to focus in on that. Okay. Kind of just because this is the first time I've been able to actually see it and not be like in crazy mode, crazy mm-hmm. things are happening kind of thing. So I kind of um, want to focus in on that a little bit more. Sure. So what is that? Because this is this is kind of a, the the manifestation of of ether energy. What does that look like uh, on the material plane? What do you want it to look like? <laughs> it probably is a mix between like just pure like almost shadowy smoke but it does have like hints of dark blues and dark purples in it because it's you know it is kind of part of the ethereal um and it just it almost it's kind of like it's coalescing and just folding in kind of in in and out of itself but it's like you know it's manifested there so like you just it's just a never present kind of folding in it definitely seems to kind of like not just be where the arm used to be but like kind of just caressing around his body as well okay i like that so give me another one more roll plus whiz money no mammy okay that energy is coalescing around where your hand should be and as you're saying kind of like rolling up and around you a little bit more envelop almost almost enveloping you this begins to now coalesce and you can see now the outline of your hand mm. taking shape like it actually is starting to look like a hand but it's still very hazy still you can still see uh, you know the ground through it a little bit or like you know whatever's behind it you can feel like the the ether energy seems to be like you know you're you're pulling it from inside yourself you can feel that fever and that that icy chill like just it almost feels like it's coming from inside you and radiating out and you can you can definitely tell that well like this is significant progress um you would need more ether from somewhere to make that hand solid or to like to take it to the next step okay well i i think my next step would then be like i mean seeing what i would hope would help kara be okay seemed to almost not help I think he would try to focus in on the ether like he, he had done previously and maybe try to see where it kind of pulls him, like maybe where the closest su- like supply of it is located. 
Okay. Like an ether scouting sort of thing, like or. Yeah, just trying to kind of get a sense of maybe like he has this ether, kind of see if it's like how it's emanating from him, if it's emanating elsewhere, kind of thing. Roll plus whiz on that again. I really should have bumped my whiz up. <laughs> Six. Not good. Okay. Uh, mark experience. I, I am already ahead of you now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, there is definitely ether energy around you. You can feel it permeates everything a little bit, and it probably is because of the way that the border ether bumps up to the material plane. You're not quite sure if you could get at that, but that is like everywhere. In addition to the ether that you sensed, like underneath everything, you did sense quite a bit. Um, on this side of the border ether. There's there's ether in this area where that exactly that's coming from. Uh, it's hard to say, but it is, it's around you. I just have to become an ether vampire and suck out the blood of all the ether beings. <laughs> <laughs> you remember you were able to grab onto some of it in the Feywild, some of the, the that was kind of leaking through the rift. Oh, okay, so there's another rift nearby. Probably. Oh, shit. All right. Not really knowing what to do in the situation, seeing this ether kind of coalesce where he is, he would probably hold that missing, that ethereal hand out towards it and try to, like, focus in on it and see what happens. Okay. Uh, then roll with one more time. Nine. Okay. Okay. You feel more of the energy starting to to, to kind of siphon towards you, to kind of to, to stream for toward you. And at first, it's it's a little bit of a struggle. I'm actually going to ask you another something that you lose in this process. Oh, shit. Um, again, like an emotion, a memory, some innate piece of you. This can be also this can be like part of your backstory that we hadn't established yet. I mean, because Than's been alive for like about a hundred years. Like, there's a lot to draw from. Yeah. Something that just feels meaningful to him. Some, oh, something meaningful to him. Shit. Oh man. Probably some of the games or training that him and Kara would do in the forest. Oh, okay. uh, back to button your symbol. Okay. And does he just lose that, or does he, like, will he later be kind of, like, thinking back, like, I used to play games with, with Kara, but I just can't remember them or ever doing that. Like, does he, I, is he aware that he's lost it? I would, I would say so. Like, I think he would okay. be aware of it, and I think that would probably be hurt him more, just knowing that, like, he did this thing with that person, but he just... He just can't remember it at all. Like, nothing. Okay. He just knows it happened. Okay. So as you feel that slipping away, or feel that piece of you, and maybe you're not quite sure just yet what it is, it also feels almost like there's like a dam breaking somewhere, and then there's a torrent of, of ether energy that comes pouring into you. 
and as that rages through you and that fever actually feels like you're on fire now and that chill actually feels like you're freezing you also at that same time feel exhilarated like this is like almost pure energy pouring into you like you feel more alive than you ever have and just you know stronger and faster and smarter and just more everything so as much as it hurts it's it's also like a a good feeling and yeah and then it there's there's a crescendo to it and just as you think you can't take any more it stops flowing into you and you open your eyes and your hand is there fully solid fully in the flesh wow you've got your hand back holy shit oh look at me mr two hand (laughs) (laughs) i can do push-ups so much more easily now (laughs) give yourself a round of applause (laughs) so we'll come back to you in just a second so leandros you saw Fen brooding this morning. You know, as he's as he's meditating, you hear Cloud give out a little ooh, and you turn and see this shadowy arm starting to take form where his missing limb should be. What's that do to, to Leandros, or what's he thinking as he sees this shad like this shadow energy coalescing? He's gonna probably stand up from his meditation and walk over, over and, and observe as this is happening like okay. closely like try to figure out like what is this you know <laughs> but he, he probably knows mm-hmm. sure but it's still you're he's just like really interested in like oh yeah for sure you watch as that look of intense concentration on his face starts to change to more almost almost like pained almost like just extreme uh, exertion you can almost see him starting to to get to get worn out and then you hear cloud exclaim again but this time there's some pain in it as you turn to her you see streams of ether pouring out of her out of her mouth and ears and eyes and nose and streaming into Fen. This goes on for a couple of seconds and there's it's just a, it's a torrent of ether pouring out of her. Then it stops as suddenly as it started and you see Cloud flop to the ground. You turn and see Fen flexing his new hand and when you look back to cloud you can see her lifeless eyes are just staring straight up into the clouds i just want to walk over and check her pulse i already know what it is there is none then i want to look back at thin and go hmm i guess every experiment has a sacrifice do i realize it's happening yeah i think that after like you know you you flexed your hand and you know that excitement of, of having that back is interrupted with with Leandro saying that, and you see him standing over Cloud, and she's pretty, pretty obviously not living anymore. What you? Can I try to like resuscitate her in any way? As soon as you start to move, the two of you freeze completely. 
Fen and Leandros don't notice this. This would be something like if we if we were watching this, you know, as a as, as like a bit of cinema, we would see a man with reddish brown hair, broad and fit, not like overly muscular, wearing a big broad rimmed hat. But his his clothing pretty unremarkable. Uh, could be a farmer. Could be you know some type of laborer. And he walks up to the three of you and kind of just takes in the scene. And he walks over to Van and says, I did tell you to follow your path. I didn't mean it quite this literally. He touches Then on the forehead and then lets out a, a, a deep sigh and goes limp, just laying down by all oh. by all effects yeah seems peaceful restfully <laughs> like in the in the grass he walks over to cloud kneeling beside her he shakes his head as he closes her eyes and then says softly to her you will find rest one day little one i promise he stands and walks over to leandros takes off his hat and you know wipes his brow with a handkerchief Puts the hat back on. Oh shit! Kind of looks sideways at <laughs> Leandros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. And then suddenly, Leandros can move. So, from Ooh. your point of view, then just said, "Oh shit!" And then suddenly, there's this <laughs> this farmer in a big, you know, broad rim hat standing in front of you. Whoa. Um, who are you? in the Feywild, you called me Garth. Just like the space it takes just to blink once, he's suddenly that green fox with the peacock tail. And he says, I, I can't see a reason in. why the name shouldn't work just as well here. Well, friend, we find ourselves in a bit of a dilemma. What should we do with you? What, what with me? What do you, what do you mean? I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just a man trying to make his way in this world. <laughs> he pulls his... Fair enough. Coat. I do hate to do it this way. To, to spell everything out so plainly like this. It feels so heavy-handed. Um, but the, the other options just aren't very appealing. You see, this world was never meant to stay. It was supposed to be but a moment, a test for a cleric of Tempest. And then this then showed up. Oh, shit. (laughs) He created a a sort of tether between this reality and the prime material. And that, that would have vanished if he had left. But then he decided to stay. And then he decided to pull all that ether into himself. And it turns out it was quite a bit. You see, this is the stuff of creation. It's the leftovers from the gods, the Aesir, the old ones, and then managed to pull enough through his tether to make this world permanent. When, (laughs) When time starts again, this will be the prime material plane. 
this will be the reality that you would call home. That is going to cause a number of very troublesome things for Than and his friends. To that list, I cannot allow you to be counted. This world can only have one Leandros at a time. So, I can leave you here. I can make you forget who you are for a time. You'll live another person's life until the Leandros of this time disappears into the ethereal plane. And then you'll remember and can go on your merry way. Or you can go back into the storm and try to find your way from there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, this is hitting me all at once here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to take oh. in. <laughs> Thank God I'm not you know who I am. You know why I do what I do. I know your intentions. So then, are you going to interfere with my intentions? I told you. I do not prefer to be so heavy-handed. I prefer to show you the path and allow you to choose. How long will I have to wait? How, how far back? If you stay here to wait it out, it will be six years. Six years of somebody uh. else's life. You'll never even remember it. I'm an elf. I mean, six years is uh, but a blink of an eye for me. Mm-hmm. Will I remember my uh, second life when it's all said and done? No. And then I'll go back to being just me? You'll go right from here to being you somewhere else six years from now. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, 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 it's too much of an effort to try to bounce from one place to another and not even in the back where I want to be. I take your offer. I don't. And you don't get the rest of that sentence out. So, um, so do we just change the continuity of our of our main game? Well, let's let's get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> we come back then, and I think again, this is like somebody watching from home, seeing kind of like this 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 period of montage. Um, Did I see this? This chunk here, neither Then nor Leandros see. We and then the, the home viewer see Fen sit up and look a, look a little confused and then head out across the grasslands. We see him steal the gem from Korgar. We get a scene of Korgar looking at that bluff where Fen wrote for Riften. And then we get a scene <laughs> of the orcish horde charging across the plain. And we can see in the not-distant horizon some of the rooftops of Riften. And then we get okay. uh, a montage of then meeting Element, then an Element joining the Cerulean Sons, the, the, the various adventures, them going to war, <laughs> you know, them them heading to Arthamore. We see did a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did a lot of just, shit. No, I'm just impressed. Like thinking on well, this on this retrospect, it's pretty cool. Uh, before <laughs> before even the campaign, I mean, those two guys were they were partners for like two years or something like right. that, right? Uh, for a little yeah. while. Yeah. And so we watched that pro- that progression all the way up to you know him 
being pulled into the ethereal plane again, and him going through the various other realms of the storm, being spit out on the, the grassland again, and we see him create his arm again, and we see Garth come up again, and then Garth and Leandros and Cloud vanish, and then sits up again, looks a little confused, and then heads off to go steal the gem from Korgar. <laughs> then I think we start to notice there's a few differences from how it was that, that that montage was the first time that we saw it, and kind of what we saw the first time we went through all of this. For, you know, for example, we we see Fen standing next to the corpse of the Carrion Crawler in the Tomb of the Elder King, and he gets a like a glassy-eyed look for just a second, and then he walks right over to the Midden Heap and dives in to grab the Bracer. We see him in that the Grimshaw camp not too long after that. He sees you know Thorina fighting all the the bandits, and he gets a, a little glassy-eyed look, almost like he's remembering something. And then he leaps in front of a, a barrage of arrows, blocking her with his body, almost certainly keeping her from from being killed. We see. Good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering um, that session going, wow, that actually happened. <laughs> I remember all of that. We see in the the orcish uh, prison mine, Than get glassy-eyed in, the, in that final retreat, and looking up at Aramil, almost like he's remembering something that happens, and then he decides to blow the tunnel and slow the orcs <laughs> down. We see Elemen <laughs> as a werebear at the top of the, the Tower of Salune. Than gets that glassy-eyed like he's remembering something, mm-hmm. and he distracts the beast from going after Malkin and you know, puts it down so to kind of keep the party safe. And we see Elemen drowning in the cistern below Arthamor, and then <laughs> standing up on the edge, wondering don't, like, what's, don't. what's he doing? <laughs> and then he gets a glassy look in his eyes, like he's remembering something. And then he dives down to, to go after the staff of Telkinesis and ultimately save Elemen. In one of these rotations, we also see Fen standing in his room in the tower. He gets that glassy look, but it doesn't go away. And he takes out a piece of paper and he writes, She's in Arthamor. And he makes the symbol of the class. And then walks out of the room. This is, of course, the mysterious letter you receive that leads you to reunite with Kara in Arthamor. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! That's like a huge thing. Wow! Awesome. And then we see that is him, awesome. like, in the Duke's compound. We see that glassy look, and then he heads right off up into the Duke's quarters, right exactly where Kara is. Yeah. And so we kind of we see these the, this repeating over and over and over again. And it's slightly different each time, and we get the impression that it's it's slightly better each time because of something Fen did. So the timeline that we know, the way it happened in the main campaign, kind of represents his his best effort. Wow. No kidding. Huh. So Fen, how many times do you relive that stretch? 
It's probably, I would say, just almost so many times that he couldn't count. If you could count. Hundreds or thousands, tens of thousands. Um, oh, man. Don't say, like, 40 billion. Um. <laughs> 77 trillion. <laughs> 70, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say it's anywhere within the, the thousands. Okay. To almost 10,000. I, I feel like 10,000 would be a little too much, but it's definitely in the thousands for sure. Okay. You and so, I talked about a lot of stuff yesterday, and I don't remember this being one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we also get a little scene of an elf who looks like Leandros tilling a small garden near uh, a stream in the woods. Um, and we see different scenes of him around this this little hut. It seems like he's living a very nice, like, isolated, a hermit-like Her- life. He's the Obi-Wan Kenobi of his time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of smash cuts to uh, Leandros standing in like the upper floor of Acton Manor um, with the with the moonlight streaming in through like the, the broken ceiling and the, the walls. And the last thing that he remembered was telling Garth, I'll take your offer. And then suddenly here you are in the moonlight of Acton Manor. So what would you like to do? Oh. What I, oh, I'm back. Oh, I'm in Acton Manor. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that. And then yeah, that's what yeah. we that's what you and I talked about, like what he does with some of his time on his own. So do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about that? Or do we wanna Oh uh, what we talked about? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. Leandros was at Acton Manor because he was tracking down Varys. Varys stole something from Leandros. Can you remind me what it is again? The Dahirian um, mask. Yeah. It, can, can you remind me what it does? I know it has something to do with death. I don't want to say too much just because we don't know <laughs> in the other, like in the main campaign, we don't know the full extent okay. of what it does. Okay. I'll tell you that in the main campaign, Varys used one of its powers and was able to look into the land of the dead. Okay. Well, you, you don't yeah, you don't Not have to, to expand on that a little. Um so you're you're now back at the manor. I think if with a little bit of looking around it's pretty obvious that there was a group of here recently, but they have left some time ago. It's hard to say exactly how long. Uh, but they left on horseback mm-hmm. and you have no horse, so what does the next okay. couple days or whatever look like for for Leandros? So, uh, would he be? He's inside Acton Manor, is that correct? The the manor house itself, which was mostly okay. look in ruins and um, abandoned. Another thing he's going to try to do while he's there, though, I will say this: he's going to try to find Lord Acton's study uh, because okay. he, he Acton was definitely. Uh, knowledgeable about the ethereal plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that if you start looking around the manor, and like again, there's there's not a, a, a ton that you need to go through because like a lot of the rooms are are open because the walls have been like blown apart or like are falling down. But you notice in the undercroft there was the door that you went down initially to try to follow Varys, and you see now that next to it there's another door that's open that wasn't there before, it wasn't obvious before. And if you follow that, it's a set of stairs down that will lead that leads you right to Acton's study, 
and that little that little area where the the wayward sons found the Grimshaw. So oh, yeah. that's like his workshop, his there, study, sure. his you've got all that. Yeah, he's definitely gonna go down in there. Okay. Sure. And so then we talked about him like doing some more research, like is he maybe gonna stay there to do it, or is he taking some stuff from there? Like, what's the? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna pull any type of notes he can find from there, uh, because this is obviously a bust for him not being able to find bears here. Try to read what he can, figure out what it is, okay, and how it can relate to what he's doing. Yeah, so I think that, that I think that that's very helpful. It takes you definitely d- down that 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 research that you're doing into the into ether and using ether and the ethereal plane i think that you find some of the notes that that didn't make as much sense to to varus that he maybe passed over they make a little bit more sense to you so there's also it'd be like it would fall under your ritual uh a few like some means of teleporting um some maybe even like uh mm-hmm. extra planar teleportation okay. so you have you have that which I'll just, I mean, spoiler, that, that'll be something you could use to get back to Fen if you wanted to. Oh. Teleportation? Okay. Yeah. I will write that down in my notes. Fen's all, like, that's a, wide-eyed that's a ritual ancient cast? one now, though. Can I just worship him? Oh, man. <laughs> Can he make greater old one? Well, well I mean, right now he's still trapped in a time loop, so... Help me, Leandros. You're my only hope. <laughs> Oh, um, I'm sorry. You, you asked something of what if that <laughs> yeah. meant for something for Leandros? Yeah. Does this mean he's also in this time loop? Does he is he aware of this at all? I think that he could piece it together. He's smart enough. With what Garth mm-hmm. told him about, you know, like there can only be one Leandros at a time, and he saw the Fen from the original timeline die, and so if this world needs a Fen, that's where mm-hmm. Fen went. And that path leads him back to the ethereal, which leads him back there uh, too. So I think you okay. figured out like that he's in that yep. loop. Then I would like to do this. Now that I've gotten my notes and what I wanted, I would like mm-hmm. to, when I know the time is right, stop the Wayward Sons from going in that good manner. It looks like they've already gone in. They've already gone in and well, left. Well, then never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Then I'm going to go into the... I'm going to try to find my way into the ethereal plane, then. Okay. Where are you trying to do this? This is a good question. See, I know how he got there, but it doesn't sound like the safest way to get in there. Um, <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, are you going well, to... Are you me, trying I, to do this from... I know, from, I'm not going to say that. I think that, yeah, if you're if you're in Acton's study, like, you would have everything mm-hmm. you need there to to cast a spell. It would take a little, take a little time to, to okay. cast. It's not like you just snap your fingers, mm-hmm. but you have time enough to do it so you open yeah. that to, to, i guess tell me what that like is it a portal that you're opening or are you just are you like apparating into the ethereal no plane? like what oh no i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it i'm gonna describe it and it's gonna sound cool um inside of acton study he's gonna push everything to the sides he's gonna make maximum room he's gonna find probably like a piece of chalk i imagine or something and he's gonna start writing drawing runes on the on the floor almost like a teleportation circle I'm going to sit in the middle of it. Um, and then he's going to have his uh, spell book open. And in true wizard fashion, he's going to basically start moving his hands in certain ways to make inten- incantations. And, and it's going to, it's almost going to feel like the room is going to start shaking. 
and the house is going to start shaking. And a planar shift would start making everything seem like uh, when your eyes cross and you see two of everything, and it's going to start doing this faster and faster and faster. Okay. And then it's like, yeah. gone. And then he's, boom, and the next plane. Okay. I like that a lot. You're right. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Roll that plus int for me. Fifteen. That will definitely do it. So from the outside, we see this double vision of, uh, oscillating images of Leandros. But for you, it is the feeling that's more static. You feel this rising of magical energy in you. And I think it feels very much like the, the tension um, and like the building, almost suspense, climbing that first hill on a roller coaster. And then there is just that tip over the top and your stomach drops and then there's a relief of that feeling and you are back floating in the ethereal plane. And Where am I in the ethereal? You're in the deep ethereal. Mm-hmm. It reminds you very much of when you first came out of the, the wizard's tower, the way that everything kind of orbited you like equidistance from you. Okay, uh, well then so I'm gonna guess I'm that... gonna start searching out for the storm. You do remember that the, the ethereal plane touches everything. So if you're in the ethereal plane, you're you're technically just one step from anything, which is why the ether storm can oh, like, uh, throw you into other realities. It it touches oh, yeah, you're right. everything. So then, what I want to I would probably want to go to. See, when we were in the storm, we didn't have a choice. We had to go where we had to go. So yeah, you're right. Now that you're in the just the ethereal, you can just literally. Yeah, I could literally go, go wherever I want to. Mm-hmm. I guess I would probably want to go to where he. Do you want to go to him, or do you want to bring him to you? Yeah, I would want to bring him to me, right. That's, that's okay. a good point. Yeah. Okay. Being able to draw on the ether directly, channeling that for, for casting, it's, it's so much easier than it was on the material plane. It, it takes just a fraction of your concentration. I mean, I guess, what does it look like when you pluck Fen to you? I guess he's still in kind of like that sitting form that he was in before. Okay. Closes his eyes, opens up his third eye, which is kind of like his connection, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, the eye in the middle of the forehead. Starts just kind of like doing hand motions and things and... If, if I may, like, I kind of like that idea of, like you were saying, like with the, like the double vision and the shaking, like a, Mm -hmm. you, you see the the faint outline of a like a, a humanoid figure and it's it's shaking and it's shaking very violently like it's so it's hard that you can't tell yeah what or who it is and then as the shaking tightens up and and stops then is just there like just standing oh, okay. in front That's of better you than what i was thinking then. Mm-hmm. and so now you two are back together and back in the ethereal plane then takes you a second as you remember what just happened and i think you know that you went through thousands of that that cycle specific memories of it are difficult to pull out it feels like i think from time to time you might almost like remembering a dream be like oh yeah on that one time like this happened now looking back like oh yeah there were times when Therina died in that bandit camp, when Aramil died in the Orc Mine, Malkin died in the Tower of Salune, and Elemen drowned under Arthamore. 
and that yeah. just that just is a thing that happened but in general like your memory of that time is the way it happened in the main timeline gotcha gotcha you remember all the way up to seeing that cloud is dead then that was like that's the last like the new memory that you have Theron this needs to stop no shit I've been stuck in this god forsaken time loop for what feels like ever and I'm tired of it <laughs> you've been I stuck I have aspirations too you know you've been stuck doing what it's none of your concern but we need to figure out how to stop did you get Cloud? No, I was thinking of you. Why would I be thinking of her? She's not the one that's stuck in this time loop. I mean, she didn't ask for what happened. Well, neither did I. Who knows how important her role in all of this is? True. But everything seems to be centered around you, my friend. And that's why I came to you. Or that's why well, can you, I it, Can you try your little whatever you did for her? What is in it? What's in it for me? Well, she seems pretty happy helping you out, so I surely am not going to be helping you out. <sighs> Fine, I'll do it, but not because so, you asked. So, what are you doing? So, I'm going to attempt to do the same thing. Okay. <laughs> um, centering so... in on the ether and doing the same thing. Okay. Go ahead and roll plus whiz. Ooh, that is not good. It's a, it's a whopping three. Ooh, good if you're trying to level up. You feel as though... It almost fe it feels like you're coming up against a wall. Like, the way you were able to kind of reach out and, and grab Fen from wherever he was and pull him in, when you reach out for Cloud, there's just, there's just nothing there to grab. I will give you one question off the discern realities question list because okay, the, okay. the way that you went out looking is kind of is kind of in the same vein. So choose wisely. I want to say this: what here is not what it appears to be. Given what you felt and the differences between when you reached out and grabbed Then, and when you tried to reach out to Cloud, you realize that you are no longer in that time loop. You are now in just the main timeline, the main flow of time. Mm -hmm. And so the reason you can't grab Cloud is because Cloud is dead at this point in time. <laughs> My first so thought being after I think everything that happened, realizing all that I went through, I think I would realize the person behind it or whom I last saw, which was Garth. And I think I want to try to focus on him, but not like from the timeline that I saw him in when the, all of our, our group was in there, the element in them were there. I want to focus Sasha. on Garth in the current timeline okay. and try to find him. I'm trying to think how I want to do this. 
as you like reach out to try to find Garth, just keep coming up empty. Shit. Dude's a god, I'm telling you. Then go ahead and roll uh, another plus whiz. Um, so I think that, right. you know, as you are kind of thinking back and like trying to like, you know, realizing all the time, like the loops that you went through, some of the little fractured bits and pieces that you remember at the moment. Oh. What'd you get? The natural 12. Uh, oh, okay. Plus one. Nice. So 13. Okay. So you're going to take three questions off the discern realities. Um, and this is kind of, this will be like things that you could have learned through all those variations of, of that, that timeline for you. And I do have one that is Kara specific. So I would pick the Kara thing. Okay. In some of the timelines you remember your conversations with her and Arthamore went differently and different you know just different things came up and you and your companions were able to piece different things together you were able to kind of piece together that this figure that calls itself the master or that Kara had referred to as the master is using the silence to gather materials to elevate itself to lichdom. Fuck. Wow. That is a big deal. So what are your... Um, you have two other questions. What is about to happen? What is about to happen back on the Prime Material is that Kara is gonna leave Arthamore in the, the chaos after, you know, having killed the Duke. And she's going to return to the Master. I guess my only other question I think I would ask is, what should I be on the lookout for? Well, I'll give you a couple of things here. Because one, like, more obvious one is you'll want to be on the lookout for signs of, like, when actually in the timeline you are coming back. So, you know, it's at some point after okay. the the Wayward Sons went to Acton Manor. But how long after okay. that, you're not sure. So, but that will kind of help you try to figure out where Kara might be. So I think the other thing is a way to kill somebody who is trying to become a lich or to kill a lich, because that'll be basically the only way to get Kara back. Alright. Damn. If only you knew somebody versed in magic. Hmm. I don't even know how to strike up the conversation. We don't know what we've been doing here, Leandros. I would agree with that. Being stuck where I was, there's somebody I really care about. And she's in trouble. Okay. And the person that she's in trouble from is a very powerful, what I suspect to be an arcane user. I know he dabbles in necromancy. I think he's trying to become a, a lich. A lich, you say? That's some. That's a very serious very serious I don't want to say accusation but a very serious assumption oh it's no assumption how much do you care about this person very much so well you might as well just write her off honestly I mean the lich is the closest thing to being almost uh let me rephrase this I'm going after him do you want to help or not he has an ascendant 
I've only heard stories of Lich. I don't. I don't, I don't know what. I don't. I don't know the finer details. So, whereas Leandros never really cared, he's visibly interested for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Theron. You had yeah. my attention, but now you have my curiosity. Sure. I'll go with you. Can I spout lore? Sure. Uh, Twelve. Okay. So how much has he actually studied liches? Is this just something like that he came across, or has he done... Like, has he actually sat down with a book about liches and read, the, read about it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he's actually sat down... The answer is and, yes. ...and read. Okay. Well, then, you would know there are... There's a variety of, like, materials that they would have to gather to, to prepare the person's body and certain magical items to prepare the, the room for the ritual. They have to be certain materials to prepare the phylactery, which is what's going to hold the lich's soul so it doesn't, doesn't pass on. So it can ascend and, and you know, reach into that, that greater arcane magic. And then it would need certain materials for a, a special potion. And typically involves gaining favor with a greater power. As far as defeating a lich, you would have to kill its lich form and then find its phylactery and destroy that. Though they are rarely a simple, like, smash it with a hammer and it's broken. It's like defeating... It's like killing the Horcruxes and then killing the man. Kind of, but if, but like, if each Horcrux could only be destroyed a certain way, like one of them could only be destroyed by Mm -hmm. fire, and like one of them, you had to like heat up a hammer in a forge and craft a silver spike and drive that through the heart of a virgin and then stab it. You know, like it could be, it could be a very elaborate. Thing that, to do to destroy it once it's made and soul linked. So how much of that are you? So I'm gonna say share? all that to him. Okay. <laughs> We're on the clock, I guess you could say. We definitely need to get some supplies, maybe help from people. Do you know of any place we can maybe go and get some supplies? Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm your GM, Thomas Marsetti, and joining me this time were... Uh, my name's Devin. I play uh, Theron Nilo. And... My name is Evan. I play the character Leandros. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the great music. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. And we hope you join us again next week.